So she got into some research that shows when we're anxious, stressed, frustrated, bored, overwhelmed, or unhappy, we turn to numbing behaviors. Because we think that if we're busy enough, if we eat enough, if we drink enough alcohol, if we exercise enough, if we watch enough porn, if we watch enough TV, that will escape the truth of our lives. We'll escape the relationship that we know is in the gutter and we need to work on it and we're not doing it. And so instead of actually stepping up and doing what you need to do, you just masturbate to porn or you masturbate by eating a lot of food. It's almost like masturbation because you're just oh hitting that pleasure in your brain. Think about it. Isn't that why you eat those things? It's like, it just gives you pleasure. What's up, my friend? I'm health expert, Ted Rice. And today I'm coming to you from Bangkok, Thailand. I'm super excited to share this with you today because this is the first of the New Year's three episodes at everything that you need to do to make 2020 your year. So I'm really excited about delivering this. It's the New Year's special. We're going to dive deep into not just nutrition and fitness, but also mindset, because as I always say, this show is all about breaking down science-based information on how to lose fat, prevent disease, and live a longer, healthier life. But the mindset is probably the most critical aspect and the thing that most people struggle the most with. So we're going to be talking about all three. And here's what you need to know. So you should listen to this three episodes, this series, if you're always juggling between your career and family, always having to choose your health or something else, and your health usually takes a backseat. That day where, you know, oh, when I have time, I'm really going to focus on my health. I'm, I'm really going to, you know, get it handled. But that day just never seems to come around. Or if you're turning down invitations to social gatherings because you don't want to take your shirt off. If you're a guy, you don't want to take your shirt off and show off your dad bod. Or if you're a woman, you don't want to wear a bathing suit because you don't feel confident in your own skin. And if you're in a relationship where maybe you still love each other, maybe you still have something there, but because of your lack of focus on your health, that passion you used to feel, the energy you used to feel for each other, is kind of slipping away. Or maybe you're single and or divorced, and you refuse to go out with anyone because you're so unhappy with the way you look. And if you're listening to this and you're like, why are you saying these things? This is awfully harsh. Guess what? Over the past 20 years, this is what people have told me. In fact, I talked to someone today who said she didn't want to get back out there. She's she's a divorcee or divorcee, however you pronounce it. She, she didn't want to get back out there because she's not confident about the way she looks. So everything that I'm sharing with you, I want to think about, I want you to think about if it resonates with you or not. And if I'm delivering it in a bit of a harsh way, I don't mean to upset you or offend you. It's not the point of me sharing this stuff or talking about these details, but here's what I believe and here's what I'm about. I'm about telling the truth. I'm about objective reality. We need to see reality as the way that it actually is, not with the political correct bullshit 
that is so pervasive in Western society. Now, also, I don't want to, you know, speak with, uh, I, I don't want to be tactless because I, I believe in having tact. I believe in good communication. I believe in respecting others, but I also believe that sometimes to respect others, we have to say the things that we're all feeling, but we're just afraid to say. And so let's move on a little bit. And I, I also want to reach out. So if you're a person who's tried every beach body workout, you've done the bar classes, the orange theory, the Barry's boot camp, the CrossFit, the cleanses, the Weight Watchers, the HCG diet, the South Beach diet, the Atkins diet. Maybe you went keto for a little while, but you still didn't see the results you wanted. Or maybe you saw results, but you just couldn't keep it up. And if you're a person who you feel like you eat whenever you're stressed, anxious, frustrated, or bored, and you know that you're using food to fix things in your life that you can't fix, that food can't fix, not that you can't fix. Sorry about that. I misspoke. You can absolutely fix it, but you can't. And I don't mean a hypothetical you. I'm talking about you listening right now. You can't fix your problems by eating them away. It just, food doesn't do that. If you're starving to death, you can eat food. It can help you to not starve to death. If you do nutrition properly, you can lose fat. You can you know, reverse diabetes. You can do so many things with food, but you can't fix the other issues in your life with food. It just doesn't, food doesn't work that way. And if you feel like there's an invisible ceiling on your health, on your body and your life, because what we're really passionate about here, what I'm really passionate about here is not talking about how to build more muscle, how to lose more fat. Those things are important and they affect your health and they affect your confidence. They affect how you feel. They affect how you feel physiologically, meaning if your brain is all inflamed due to the excess body fat you have on your body, it's going to affect your mood. And we're talking about psychologically as well. Because what you think, no, we always talk about, hey, what about habits? Are habits really important? Habits, you know, like you, you have habits and we think about habits in terms of the things that we do in the physical world, right? Oh, I have a habit. I, I work out three times a week at the gym. Another habit is how you talk to yourself. Another habit, getting easily triggered by social media posts, by the people in your life. That's a habit too. It doesn't mean that they're not saying things that aren't appropriate or that you disagree with, but if you're getting constantly triggered, that's a habit and it's a negative one. So if that's you, if you resonate with anything that I just said, then you're in the right place. And in case if you're listening and you haven't heard this show before, you might be wondering, well, why are, why are you qualified to teach all this stuff? And I want to tell you, it's not because I'm a quote-unquote celebrity trainer or because I've trained CEOs and multimillionaires in Miami Beach for two decades or even the hundreds of people that I've helped online. It's not even because I went from a lean body in my 20s to fat in my late 30s and then lean as fuck in my 40s. I mean, I've got veins on my abs right now. And I'm about to turn 43. And I never thought I'd look like this. I, I look, I'm leaner than I was in my 20s. It's just crazy. And you know what is more important, by the way? Because there's a lot of people who are lean and miserable. 
I'm lean and I feel great. I don't feel great about everything in my life or everything that I've done, but I feel great most of the time. And I want you to feel great because you may not even believe it's possible. And I've been there. I didn't believe it was possible either. I was doing all the right things. So I thought, and then I figured out, you know what? I'm not doing the right things. I just thought I was. I was listening to people who seemed confident in what they were saying. I listened to people who I thought were sincere, and maybe they were. But you know what? You can be sincere and you can be wrong. You can be, in other words, sincerely wrong. And that's why it's so hard to figure out what to believe out there. So let's talk about this. Let's change directions a little bit. Why is it so hard once you get in your 40s to lose fat? When, when you're 40s and beyond, actually. Why is it so difficult? So in the past 20 years, I've learned that there's basically, there's basically five major things. Now, there's other things, but there's five major ones, five major reasons why people in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and older aren't able to achieve their fitness goals. And we're going to get into that right now. And the first one being the decision to follow workout programs and fad diets that are filled with incorrect information and simply don't work long-term. I touched on this before, but it bears repeating. There are a lot of myths and outright lies that exist in the fitness industry. And a lot of people who, like in the low-carb community, I can't tell you, I don't know if you're following me on Twitter or not, but I get into it with these low-carb, high-fat people these uh, carnivore diet people, they're so extreme and they just, they, they're completely closed off from being wrong or at least being nuanced, right? Because I mean, you can eat nothing but meat. If you haven't heard about the carnivore diet, well, it's, the, it's the new diet that's taking over the internet or at least a small fraction of the internet. And uh, it's just, the people are so extreme. And they, they try to promote it to other people. And I think it's okay if you want to experiment with it. But I just, when I hear them say what they say, they say all, this, all these things, it's just so clear that they just don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And you also see even worse than this, right? You see the people struggling to get results. One guy was trying to commit. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm like, hey, man. And this was a keto person, not a carnivore, but he's like keto carnivore. I don't know. It gets really confusing with those people. They've got so many labels and identities. And he was like, oh, I said, I got into it. He, we got into an argument with him. And I was just owning this guy because he said that I looked like I had non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And so I, I sent him a picture of veins on my abs. I'm really aggressive on Twitter because uh, I'm, I'm not as aggressive, uh, you know, on the podcast or, or on Facebook or on Instagram. I'm actually quite positive uh, because the people are there quite positive. But Twitter is like, hey, <laughs> free for all. I mean, if you've seen, you know, that's why Donald Trump's on there. All the political people are on there. It is just a battle. And, um, you know, and you got to, I, I used to try to, reason and be, you know, civil and respectful. And, and I still am, by the way. But when people start throwing punches at me and they leave their chin wide open, I hit back and I hit back hard. And I don't do it with uh, words. I do it with videos and pictures uh, because that's what I kind of do. So I sent him 
I send them, I send people all these stuff because it just, it says everything that I need to say without saying a word. And so a lot of people follow these people and you may have been following them or may have wondered, well, is that right for me? And so right now I want to get into the reason one, the first reason, which is the biggest lie in health and fitness. So have you ever heard that you just need the right diet and workout plan to get in shape? Well, that's not the whole truth. Right? We have research that shows that 95% of diets fail for long-term results. I've talked about this many times before, and I will not stop repeating it. I want to I get this into your head. Most people fail, and we don't really have a weight loss problem because people are losing weight all the time. And by the way, if you're one of those people who hasn't, you, you don't know how to lose weight, you're even at a more fundamental, you're at a more fundamental loss of uh, you're, you're more fundamentally confused about what you need to do than the people following fad diets because people follow fad diets and get results. The problem is they gain the weight back and sometimes even multiple times throughout their life. So it goes, it's just the yo-yo diet thing because there's it's ways losing weight is quite easy, actually, quite easy. Do a fast for three days. Just drink water for three days. You will lose weight and you'll lose fat too. It's just, is that going to be something you do every week or even every, every two weeks? Probably not because fasting sucks. You know, people try to say it's so amazing. Yeah, I, I don't like fasting at all and it's certainly not necessary. So why is this happening? Why are people losing and gaining the weight back? And this is something that I've wondered so many times throughout the, the 20 years, nearly 21 years I've been in the business. And then I figured, I figured it out, at least for me, right? Actually, the, the work of Brene Brown, if you've never read her book, or I don't read books, <laughs> uh, you know, truth be told, I listen to books. I just, reading right now for me is not a thing that I'm going to be doing anytime soon. I read a lot for work, but I don't read books. I listen to them. So she got into some research that shows when we're anxious, stressed, frustrated, bored, overwhelmed, or unhappy, we turn to numbing behaviors because we think that if we're busy enough, if we eat enough, if we drink enough alcohol, if we exercise enough, if we watch enough porn, if we watch enough TV, that will escape the truth of our lives. We'll escape the relationship that we know is in the gutter and we need to work on it and we're not doing it. And so instead of actually stepping up and doing what you need to do, you just masturbate to porn or you masturbate by eating a lot of food. It's almost like masturbation because you're just oh hitting that pleasure in your brain. Think about it. Isn't that why you eat those things? It's like it just gives you pleasure, right? As soon as the chocolate, milk chocolate or cookies or whatever it is that you like to eat, it hits your brain. It's like, mm, 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 keep eating. Mm, mm, mm. And look, I'm saying that. How do I know that? Because I've been there. I've done that. I binged a lot. I didn't get fat until I was in my 30s, but I, I did binge. Uh, I, I binged, I've been binge eating for a long time. I also smoked a lot of weed, drank a lot of alcohol, did a lot of drugs in my 20s. And the truth about this is that the pleasure we get from eating, drinking, and shopping, and watching TV, and everything else that I've mentioned, it wears off. The exciting TV series comes to an end. 
the food is over and that pleasure that you got from eating it, it, the glow, the afterglow that you get from eating a delicious meal wears off. Now, I want to say something to put this into perspective here. I'm not saying that going shopping or eating delicious food or watching TV or doing any of those things, sex, I'm not saying any of it's bad. I'm saying the intention behind it, because there's a there's a big reason, I mean, a big reason, a big difference between getting some like, I bought, for example, I bought Giselle these Belgian chocolates from Singapore. I tried to get her something when I was in Singapore for a couple of days. I tried to get her some something from Singapore, but they all have this, that most of the Singapore products had something called durian in it. I don't know, you, you're probably not familiar with it unless you're from Australia or uh, you know around Asia, but durian is this stinky, stinky fruit. I happen to love it, by the way. It makes uh, <laughs> my dad doesn't like that I love it so much, and neither does Giselle. But so anyway, I bought her these expensive Belgian chocolates, and we ate them together, and they were delicious, and we enjoyed them. And then it was over, and we were happy about what we did. Now, compare that to some of the things that I used to do. I'll, I'll give you an example from my life. When I was a personal trainer in Miami Beach, I would come home. I, I would be so strict with my diet. At least I thought I was. Actually, I was. I was just eating way more than I thought I was eating. And then I would buy a pint of haagen and just down it. Just eat the whole thing. And I enjoyed it, but it was really trying to make me feel better. And once it was gone, I had a stomach ache and, you know, none of the problems that were in my life went away as a result of eating that pint of Haagen-Dazs. So in case you're wondering like, okay, well, what do I need to do? I want you to think about this because human beings, we think we're so complex, but we're actually quite simple. What makes us happy? It's quite, quite simple. So are you in a relationship and is that relationship healthy? That's number one. And this is not in order of importance, by the way. It's just I'm naming them off. Number two, do you have a healthy relationship at work with the work that you do? Or do you hate your job? Is it sucking your soul away? Or do you have an asshole boss? Can't tell you how many people that I've worked with who have asshole bosses. By the way, the two that I'm thinking of right now, they were women clients and they have women bosses. I don't know if that really means anything, but it's kind of interesting, I've found. So another thing is, do you have hobbies outside of work? Do you have passions outside of work? Because some of the entrepreneurs that I've worked with, it's like, oh, I love my job. I'm always at my job. I'm always working, work, 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 work. They're workaholics. Are you a workaholic? Because guess what? What you're doing is you... You are in your comfort zone because maybe you make money, maybe you crush it in your job, maybe you close deals or sell things or you know, drum up business, whatever it is that you do, but you use it as an escape because maybe you're not out there dating like you should be. Maybe you're not out there making friendships that you should. Maybe you're not out like having some sort of thing that you do, playing guitar, going dancing, doing martial arts, traveling. And so you just stay stuck in your little, you know, business world and you just stay there because it's comfort. It's the comfort zone. And I'll tell you, I, I want to tell you this because I work with guys with high net worths 
guys worth 50 million, 100 million. I've worked with billionaires. Uh, the billionaires that I worked with, I don't believe were so stuck, by the way. <laughs> it takes another, it's just another thing to get to that amount. But the guys who are worth 50 million or 10 million or 20 million or 5 million or 100 million, that all they did was just make more money. But when you're already good at making money, there's no challenge in it. There's no growth in it. And I want to return to that quote, the cave that you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. So you may, society may look at you and see you as this super successful person who has it all together. But you and I know that you don't have your shit together if that's what you're doing. Because it doesn't matter the amount of money. If you're not getting uncomfortable and if you're you're in your comfort zone, then you're just a schmo like everyone else. And that's the truth, isn't it? That's the truth. So those things are crucial. Are you in a relationship and is that relationship healthy? If you're not in a relationship, guess what? Loneliness is hard on your heart. It's hard on, it increases inflammation levels. It ain't good for you. In fact, it's one of the things, if you're interested in living a long time, having a relationship, a healthy one, mind you, is key to that. You think going years without having sex is a good thing? It's not. That's why people are so angry on social media. And let's talk about if your relationship is unhealthy. Maybe it's gotten to a point where you need therapy, you need marriage counseling or or therapy. So go do it. Stop eating your way or drinking your way or watching your way uh, to escape, Not, not watching away, but doing those things to escape the problem and step up and fix it. Because it's not going to go away. You can drink all the alcohol you want. You're going to sober up in the morning and that problem's still going to be there. You can smoke all the weed you want. Believe me, I smoked so much weed in my 20s. It helped a little bit, but I came down, right? The high went away and I was still left. It made me feel okay when I did it. it. Made me feel more relaxed, but it didn't improve my health. Took away from it. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully, I don't have problems with my lungs later on in life. So it was something I'm concerned about. Wish I could go back and redo it because I really abused marijuana. But now I don't do any of that stuff. I mean, I, I would, you know, maybe take a puff when I'm back in the States. I wouldn't do it in Asia, by the way. The harsh drug laws in Asia. You know, you think the US laws are draconian. Come to Asia. In Singapore, they hang you for distributing drugs. In Indonesia, they kill you, they they execute you with fire with a firing squad. In Thailand, they hang you as well, I believe. Long drop hanging. So it's not a <laughs> little, little fun fact there. So anyway, the point is that those aren't healthy ways to deal with the underlying problems. And we've got to deal with the underlying problems. We've got to stop running away from them. We've got to stop saying, oh yeah, well, I'm going to exercise and I'm going to eat right. And you know, that's going to fix everything. It's not going to fix everything. You're just, instead of eating, drinking and shopping and you know doing all those other things, you're just exercising like mad and you're eating, I mean, I'm sorry, and you're getting neurotic about your nutrition because that's your new numbing behavior. I used to do that too with martial arts. I was like, well, I used to be like a drunk druggie and now I'm like this martial artist guy. And it kept me out of the clubs and away from the drugs, but I destroyed my body with, uh, with martial arts training, with hard martial arts training, because I was doing it to numb negative emotions instead of doing it the way I do it now, 
where I'm so grateful that I can still do it, but I only do it once or twice a week. And I'm very, I, I take care of myself so I can go through uh, the hard training and not, not destroy myself. So these are the things that we need to work on. What do you need to work on? Because we all need to work on something. Nobody is so enlightened that they don't need to work on themselves. So I know that was a heavy one. Let's move to reason two. You're still following diet gurus. Here's what the experts out there say. Ketogenic diets are the best. Carnivore is even better. Doing carnivore and keto is the best. And then you throw in some intermittent fasting too. Or maybe just eat organic foods or just stop eating sugar or do a juice cleanse or cut out carbs because carbs make you fat. Just never eat carbs ever again. Never eat pizza again. I'm never going to not eat pizza, right? All these ridiculous rules. But guess what? Following bad advice like this works because it's super strict. And if you eliminate whole food groups, you're going to lose fat because you're in a calorie deficit. But the problem is most people, in fact, I looked at research the other day on the ketogenic diet on, on, what do you call it? Uh, People's ability to stick on it or stay on a ketogenic diet. Most people give up. 70% of people apparently give up after a few years of doing it because it's just not sustainable for the majority of people. So are you listening to those people? I know you're listening to me. But do you also listen to those other people? Because I'll tell you, anyone who's telling you like these fad approaches instead of principles is just doing that, right? And at the end of the day, here's the problem. If it's not sustainable for you, there's no reason to do it. Or maybe you can do something short term, but eventually the the name of the game is sustainability. And look, I'm lean right now. I ate, let me tell you what I ate today. I ate bami gao, which is Thai wonton soup with noodles. I ate gai tom, which is uh, uh, sliced boiled chicken with this incredibly delicious ginger, garlic, sweet soy sauce with some chilies in it to make it spicy. And the, the wonton soup, by the way, has bone, it's bone broth. They boil the chicken's in the broth with vegetables. It's just delicious. I also had a Magnum ice cream bar as well. Salted caramel with Australian macadamia nuts embedded in the chocolate covering. Now, I haven't had one of those in a while. Um, So that's what I had. That's what I do. And I've got veins on my abs. And you can have that too, if you want. Now, maybe you don't want to get as lean as me. That's okay. But what I'm trying to and tell you is that giving up your favorite foods is unnecessary and not sustainable. It leads to binge eating. Does that resonate with you? There's no need to do it, but here's the problem. Just by me telling you this, you're probably not going to be able to do it on your own. You've got to go through a process. So reason number three is you're working hard, not smart. And this is so common. I, I remember talking to one listener who is like, oh yeah, I'm really trying to get in shape. I'm going to do a boxing class on Monday and then I'm going to do yoga on Tuesdays and do this on Wednesdays and this on Thursdays and do a boot camp on Friday. And they're just like, hope isn't a strategy. And they're just doing a bunch of stuff, hoping it's going to work out. Why would you do that? 
I mean, if you're just like, you know what? I don't care about the results. I don't, I'm not trying to lose fat right now. I just want to go from not working out to doing something. And then as I start to do something, then I can tweak and figure out like what I need to do to lose more fat. That would be, I can respect that approach, but throwing shit at the wall and hoping that it sticks is not a strategy. And that's what most people do, right? That's what most people do. That's what I call cross your fingers and hope for results fitness. And the saddest part is that after trying for years and not succeeding, most people start to believe that it's just their age. It's part of being over 40. It's their metabolism. It's their menopause. It's the menopause, the pre-menopause, or the low testosterone. Look, none of that is true at all. Absolute bullshit. So if you're saying that to yourself, you need to stop saying that to yourself because it's not true. You're not doing it right. And it is as simple as that. It is not too late to lose fat, to have vibrant health, and to live an extraordinary life with that new health in a way where you don't have to give up your favorite foods or never eat pizza again because carbs make you fat, even though pizza has a lot of cheese on it. At least the pizza I I eat does. And you don't have to kill yourself at the gym, but you got to have a smart approach. You've got to figure out, I'll give it to you like this. So listen, you know what I do for business, right? I I run coaching groups. I've got a one-on-one coaching. I've got a group coaching. So if I consulted with some online guru about how to build my online business, they would say, oh, post on Instagram, um, you know, three times a day and then make posts on Facebook, you know, uh, two times a day. And, you know, they would tell you to do all this stuff and you're doing all this stuff, write a blog post every week. Listen, I went down that road. It didn't help my business. And we need to be results oriented. Whenever we approach something, if you're not getting results, you're just not doing it right. Because the truth is you're not trying to become an Olympic gold medalist here. You're not trying to become a billionaire, change the world, Bill Gates or Richard Branson type of person, right? You're trying to lose some fat, look better, have good health and enjoy a high quality of life. That is not that fucking hard to achieve. It is it's so much easier than people make it out to be. But we're so just bogged down with information and so stressed out and so confused about what to do that most people just never figure out, okay, what are the most important things to focus on? And just to tell you, I get most of my clients through this podcast. So I don't even need to post on social media at all. But someone would sell me and say, hey, listen, you got to post on social media all the time. You got to be on social media. Everyone's on social media. Well, guess what? I've gotten a few clients from social media, but most people come from the podcast. So why would I drop what I'm doing that works and then go post on social media all the time in the hopes that, you know, those people who are just mindlessly scrolling while they're at work or should be doing something better or better, something different with their time. Um, I think social media can be beneficial. Uh, Otherwise, I wouldn't be there. Otherwise, I wouldn't consume it. I mean, I still post on there. But for me, it's more of an outreach type of thing and just to, you know, be out there and we're going to do more of it and it will probably translate into more clients down the line, but it's not the major source of clients. So the major sources of clients is, is the podcast and the Facebook ads that we run. So what I'm trying to tell you is you're the business, you're the online business person who's like, 
listening to someone saying you got to write like three blog posts a week and post on social media eight times a week and you're not making any money. And by the way, that's the truth about online businesses is most people who you see who have an online business, they're not making money. And what I mean about making money is they're not surviving. They are going to have to do something different to augment their income. They're not going to be able to quit their day job. But I quit my day job and it's because, and I've gotten lean and it's because I've focused on the results. I'm results oriented. And if something's not getting results, then it means that I need to tweak my approach. It's as simple as that. So let's talk about the, the next thing here. Reason number four, sleep and stress. So it turns out that stress, sleep, super important. Now, not for, I'll be honest with you, I haven't been sleeping that great. Uh, Been doing some therapy, actually, with a trauma therapist who works in trauma. I've got some other things, and I haven't been sleeping that well. So it won't stop your results, but if you're not sleeping well, you are going to have trouble growing your muscles. You're going to have trouble controlling your appetite. You're going to have trouble having the energy to go work out. So... If you're not getting proper sleep, it's an issue. And I'm not just talking about, are you sleeping eight hours? I'm talking about what is the quality of that sleep? One of the things I do with all my one-on-one coaching clients, because everyone uh, who hires me as a one-on-one client, uh, I mean, you know, for one-on-one coaching is, is financially stable. So we get them into an aura ring and we, we track their sleep. And we track their HRV and resting heart rate, which are measurements of stress. And I want to tell you, if you don't have an aura ring and if you're struggling with sleep and you're struggling with, um, you know, stress, I mean, listen, the only reason to not have an aura ring is because you'll never wear a ring. And you know what? I get it. I'm, I'm not a ring person myself, but I forced myself to become a ring person after using the aura and I'm wearing it right now. I'm looking at it right now. It is the best, you know, 300 bucks you'll ever spend. The best wearable on the market. It has some draw, it has some, um, you know, has some issues with it. But for the most part, it is just, it gives you data. It lets you know what you're doing in terms of, or how you're doing rather, in terms of sleep quality, in terms of your resting heart rate. I actually had a client, check this out. I had a client with a very high resting heart rate and it just wasn't going down even though we were having her do a lot of aerobic exercise, which aerobic exercise is how you get your heart rate to get go down. And it just wasn't coming down. I ended up saying, you got to see your doctor about this. And she was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism. So that's just an example of how, you know, you can catch something because you're getting the, the feedback. Another thing you can do too, by the way, for your stress levels is uh, if, and it's less expensive than an aura, although I don't think the aura is very expensive at all for what it gives you, but checking your blood pressure. If your blood pressure is high regularly, that's an issue. And it certainly has to do with stress. You know what they give, you know what blood pressure medication is? It's um, a beta blocker. Well, what is that? Well, it blocks adrenaline specifically. So if you're blocking adrenaline by taking a drug, well, you could just lower the circulating adrenaline in your body. But to do that, you'd have to actually engage in some stress-reducing activities. Meditation, get a massage, 
I get a massage one or two times a week. Won't be that way when I go back to the States because the, the massages are a bit more expensive, but I'll get one once a week. I won't get two or three though. So anyway, what are you doing to relax and de-stress? Because if you're stressed out, you're not going to be able to train hard either. You're not going to recover well from the types of training that you do. So what do you do to manage stress? And I don't mean, well, I do this and I do my vagus nerve breathing and this. I'm like, okay, does it work for you? And one thing I love about the aura ring is I, I do meditation. I do a form of meditation. I'll do a, a, a Real Talk Friday episode talking about somatic meditation. But I do a specific form of meditation that I see at work because I wear my aura ring and I do the meditation and I see my heart rate drop. So I, I know it's working because my heart rate drops. My blood pressure also drops. I don't measure my blood pressure. haven't in a long time. Last time I measured it was perfect at the doctor's, but I'll start doing that when I get back. I just don't have enough room in my luggage and I got my aura ring, but I'll start doing it when I get back home just to see what it is every once in a while. And I used to do experiments doing before and after. I put up a before and after of meditation, but a before and after photo of my blood pressure results and my blood pressure used to be quite, uh, not quite high, but in the 140s, 150s, and my uh, diastolic number, the, the lower number was always good, but my systolic, the, the top number was always a little high. And it, I could drop it down by doing meditation. So again, being results-oriented, you've got to be results-oriented. And usually getting some data is the way to help you figure out whether something's working or not. So let's go into the last reason, and then I'm going to wrap things up. The last reason is you're hanging out with the wrong crowd. My friend and mentor, Peter Sage, has a great saying. He's like, look, if, if you're hanging out with nine people who are all drinking too much, eating too much, complaining about life, not doing anything to solve the problems in their life, not stepping out of their comfort zone in life, you're going to be the 10th one. You're going to be the 10th one. We're not rugged individualists, not in the slightest. We, are, we follow the crowd. We all do, myself included. That's why I'm really picky about who I hang out with. Simple as that. Really picky about who I hang out with and who I converse for long periods of time with. Because you'll run up against people who have this perspective of the world that is different. The world sucks. It's going to hell. Everything sucks. Life is sad. What a world we live in. That person and me, we bang heads. We lock horns because my perspective of reality is completely different. I think we're living in the best time in human history. I think it is the most incredible time to be alive. I think we are so blessed to be alive right now in this moment. But if you're hanging out with people like the person I just mentioned, you're going to get sucked into that. And whenever you try to make a shift in the positive direction, like a pot of boiling crabs, you're going to get dragged back down. It's what boiling crabs do. But if they would work together, they could all get out of the boiling pot of water. But because they're crabs, as one tries to escape the boiling pot of water, all the others drag it back down. And as that one drags back down, another one tries to escape, and then all the other ones drag it back down. And so not one of them makes it out. They all boil to death. What a strange, strange story, right? Strange example. But that's how people are. 
they don't want you to challenge their worldview because if you challenge their worldview, they might have to take some responsibility. And oh gosh, nothing scarier than that. So much easier to point the finger and blame politicians, blame the terrible world we live in. It's just ridiculous. And I want to share something else. If you've been listening for a while, you know the tragedies I've been through in my life. If you've listened more recently, you know the tragedy that people in Cambodia went through. When I uh, did my Phnom Penh episode and talked to you about where I was at in the killing fields, people are happy there and they're struggling, but they're happy. They got, they're happy to be alive because they realize it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we went through that. My parents went through that. My grandparents went through that. But here I am, the country's struggling. It's impoverished. It's war-torn, but it's making, taking steps in the right direction. And so they're happy. And so what I find in the people who have the most negative worldviews, they ain't been through jack fucking shit. Maybe, a, maybe someone cheated on them. Maybe it was a uh, you know, a divorce, maybe they lost some money, maybe mommy and daddy didn't hug them enough. Well, join the fucking crowd. I mean, join the fucking, uh, uh, you know, welcome to the club is what I'm trying to say. Welcome to the fucking club. We've all been through some shit and it's up to us to do better than what our parents did. And it's up to us also to not hold a grudge against our parents because they didn't have YouTube with, you know, 10,000 Tony Robbins videos for free on there or the Legendary Life podcast or whatever else you listen to and use as a way to get ahead in life and get your motivation up. So stop hanging out with the wrong crowd. Get, I mean, eliminate people from your life. You don't have to get rid of them completely. You just have to limit the amount of time that you spend with them. And if they try to drag you back down, just get out of there. And also, more importantly, find the people who you should be hanging out with. I mean, let me tell you, in our group coaching program, our group calls are powerful. I mean, it just blows me away. I didn't think I would, I'll, I'll be straight with you, right? I didn't know if I was going to like the group coaching format, partly because the group calls, what I used to do on the calls, I would just like talk to people. But I already do that on the podcast. And we're all here. We're all here and able to interact so what I started doing is I started making it super interactive and it's something clicked on one of the calls where I just, I have people muted usually and I just unmuted and we just had a conversation about stuff and boom, it was powerful. We all felt the energy of that call and that's how I've run the calls ever since. And so if you're not hanging out with people that leave you energized afterward, you're hanging out with the wrong crowd. Find them virtually, find them in person, but find them. Don't spend time with the wrong people if it's hurting you, if it's holding you back, if it's keeping you stuck. You've got to eliminate those people from your life or at least minimize the amount of time that you spend with them. I'll tell you, one guy who I, I've been friends with who I, since I was very young, he's insane right now. Now he's a, a lefty, extreme lefty, so he hates Trump. I can't even talk to the guy. Because he's just so angry about politics. But here's the thing, right? I know his personal story. I know how he grew up. I know how his parents were not great parents, who are also extreme lefties, by the way, <laughs> for what it's worth. And, and by the way, I consider myself more centrist these days, but I have more of a left 
been, well, actually, that's not quite true. It depends on the issue, right? But socially speaking, I'm definitely more left, right? But definitely center these days. But the point is, I don't hang out with him because all he wants to talk about is politics. And it's like, there's no, listen, this has no, this, whether Trump gets impeached or not or whatever, it's not doing anything for my life, you know? It's not doing anything for my life. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't pay attention to politics or don't care. But what I'm saying is if your life is a mess and you're using politics to escape it, just like how we talked about earlier, you got to stop doing that and you got to stop hanging out with people who do that. Because what they're really upset about is their life. They're not people who've made it and have a happy life and they're trying to work to enact positive change. They're just screaming, and it's mostly online, doing jack fucking shit, except making angry posts online. Do you have any idea how worthless that type of behavior is? Meaning, again, being results-oriented. What what are the results that you get? You just get more stress because you end up in arguments with people, and you just try to out-argue them and make yourself feel better than them. If you're hanging out with people like that, stop hanging out with them. If you are... (laughs) If you are a person like that, tell your friends to stop hanging out with you. All right, I'm just kidding. Well, actually, not 100%, but don't be that person. Don't be the crab who pulls other people down. So important. And there's even research showing this. If you look at Nicholas Christakis' TED Talk, don't ask me to spell that, but it's like the hidden influences social networks or something like that. He dives into specifics and statistics about how uh, if we even if we have an obese friend, we're more likely to be obese. If we have a friend who has a friend who's obese, we're more likely to be obese. Same thing goes with how much money you're making. If you want to make more money, hang around people who have a lot of money. They think differently than you. <laughs> Guarantee that. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. And some people really know how to leverage their time to make more money. And now I'm not saying, you know, I already said what I said at the beginning about people who only focus on money. So I'm not saying that's what, that, that's what you should do. But I'm just saying, like, if you want to be more successful in an area of life, hang out with people who are more successful in that area of life. Seems really simple. Even that could even go for the types of relationships they, that you have. Like if you're hanging out with couples who have a healthy relationship with each other. Now that you're going to have more likely, you're going to see what they do. Cause we, we all like to bullshit ourselves and like, Oh, I read this book and this book that I read is just, you know, it's not, we don't learn that way. We learn some things that way for sure, but it's about, we learn by the way we feel when we're around people. I mean, isn't that why you keep coming back and listening? Cause I could, I could say, I talk from the heart and you feel it. And so you come back, don't you? And I get these great, I got, I've gotten this great feedback about it, my Real Talk Friday episodes because I'm just more open and just letting the floodgates loose and just saying what I, how I really feel, even when I cuss too much. I apologize for that. <laughs> but it comes out, you know, I'm working on becoming more sophisticated. <laughs> I'm not perfect, okay? But the point is, you know, these are the things, the things that I've gone over today, it's, this is what really matters. This is the shift in mindset that needs to happen. Another thing we could have talked about is this all or nothing mentality, but I've talked about it so much. 
I'll talk about it in one of the, the coming up episodes. So anyway, I'm going to sign off now. I hope you enjoyed today's first episode. I really hit you a bit hard. I want to hit you hard because I want to wake you up. One of my clients recently asked me for some words of motivation, of encouragement. I thought for a second, I said, Lom, you're going to die. We're all going to die. And when you look back, now this is a person, just to give you some context, this is a man who's invested well. He's made quite a bit of money. He's got money in the bank account, making even more money, just doing really well financially. And he's just, it's something he focuses on and focuses on and focuses on. And I told him, mom, listen, you're going to die, man. And when you're looking back on your life and thinking about the things that you did, are you going to think, oh, wow, I really saved a lot of money in my bank account. Or are you going to think, you know what? I took that risk. I took that trip. I stepped up and did this thing that I was afraid to do. Those are the things that you're going to look back on at the end of your life when this journey comes to an end and say, you know what? I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful that I've had the life that I've had. I took the risks. I fell down in the ring. I took the hits, but I kept getting up. I kept pushing forward and I really, I really lived. So that wraps up today's episode. 2020 is a new year. And while it's a little bit ridiculous, even myself, it's like, it's going to be, it's the start of something new right now. And I want to ask you, what are you going to do? How are you going to step up? How are you going to make it different? Not with talk, but with action. And that's what I want you to think about until we get to the next episode. Hope you enjoyed today. Love you and talk to you soon.